All right, and welcome back to the Sherlock Podcast. My name is Aaron Rhodes, and today on the show we have Jack Marsh. Howdy. How you doing? I'm doing just fine. Awesome. And just a reminder, the show is sponsored by The Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven, located at 76 and Troost in Kansas City, Missouri, offering new and used vinyl. Uh, so yeah, how's how's it going, Jack? You, you got your you got a fruit uh, by the foot in my mouth, fruit by the foot in his mouth. In case we have any uh, audio listeners who are wondering just what is going on right now, oh. <laughs> it was good, it was worth it. Yeah, and Jack also pulled up today with a a nice uh, sandwich from Gates Barbecue. Yeah, and it was also tasty. So Jack just knows how to grub. I guess is I know um, how to grub. One conclusion you can draw from that this is a conclusion. <laughs> You can draw from this. And if anyone also wonders um, why Jack and I have such a great rapport already, it's because I've known Jack for quite some time. I've known Aaron for quite some time, too. It's been a long, probably seven or eight years since, what, did we meet each other in eighth grade? Yeah, seventh or eighth grade, I think. Yeah. It's one one fateful day when Jack messaged me on Facebook and asked Ashley me to go to the mall. To the mall. <laughs> yeah. I met up at the the Barnes and Noble, <laughs> and we we've been rocking ever since. Andrew Kellison gave me a San Francisco Giants hat. <laughs> I, 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 mm, I think that was a topic of um, much um, fighting over, for at least a little bit. I'm pretty sure didn't he, did he not accuse you of stealing that same hat from him? Uh, I believe, sorry, I got some fruit, but I believe that he maybe did at one point and I kind of shut him down about it. I was like, dog, you gave it to me the first day we ever hung out. What are you talking about? Well, I guess it's settled then. And, but yeah, um, maybe it was the second time we hung out, but he definitely gave it to me one of those times. Uh, so, Andrew, if you're listening, uh, come catch the hands, I guess. Come catch the hands, Andrew. I just smoked a split with you, but please come catch the hands. <laughs> no, yeah, and our, our buddy Andrew also works at uh, the Seventh Heaven right now. So, That's I guess right. if you go in to pick up some records downstairs, you can uh, wave hi to Andrew. Yeah, while you do go so. say what's up to Andrew. Go check out the uh, water pipes and... <laughs> No, I'm sure he has plenty of amazing wares. He water can pipes and porno. Pedal to you. Yeah, plenty of water pipes and porno. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jack. Um, what 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 was your first like favorite music that you got into? I'm guessing that your your dad had something to do with some My of that. My dad had a lot to do with a lot of that. I remember him showing me Devo and the Talking Heads and the Ramones at a young age, and I also remember him showing me. An ungodly amount of the Beatles. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's always been his thing. That's really, honestly, yeah, that's just his thing. Uh, and Elvis is also his thing. He was an Elvis impersonator for quite some time in the 90s. And um, he did he make introduced me to a lot of Elvis, too. Mm-hmm. Did he make any kind of living off of that at any point? or was He just- He wasn't making a living, necessarily, but he just, like, do it at bars, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think they'd, like, give him money or yeah, tips or some, something. some contests like, or something. Probably, like, some shit like that. But he would he would do the, the Elvis, and mostly in bars in Lawrence in and, the 90s. And I know there's a pretty iconic photo of him doing an Elvis impersonation in, like, the bed of a truck. 
or something like that. There's a video of him, if Mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. He he was on like a float trip or something, and some of his pals and what what's a what's a good float trip without an Elvis without an Elvis impersonation, right? (laughs) And he. Yeah, he he just did his thing. He went up and did the the whole did it did it did it did it did it thing. Did he have any like specific songs that um, he liked to do when when he was doing this? He mostly did the fucking intro thing to Aloha from Hawaii. Mm-hmm. That was his his main go to. I'm pretty sure. Nice. And so, and he he does have a bit of a, a record collection too. And like, he, so maybe he was showing you the records. Or? He showed me a lot of the records. Mm-hmm. He showed me "Are We Not Men." I remember, like, when I was like eight, I think, and that one really struck a chord with me. Um, "Rocket to Russia" by the Ramones was also a record that I got into pretty early. And also, just kind of fucked like yeah, like Reggie's machine, <laughs> and and those are all pretty good primers for starting yeah. punk bands eventually, right? Well, yeah, and then like you know, like what else? I watched a lot of MTV jams growing up. I watched so much MTV jams, and a lot of yeah, a lot of MTV and VH1 in general. And I, I guess that primed your your taste for um, hip hop at this point. Oh, definitely. But, so, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm stre- I'm stretching it, but I think both of us are both pretty big on punk and hip hop. Yes. But I remember when we met, you you were pretty all in on uh, just independent rock. I was pretty all in <laughs> on just yeah, just like indie shit when I was. Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. I think you're the first person I knew who paid for a Spotify subscription. I believe that I was. You're you're just queuing up endless, uh, queuing up two endless Elliot Smith, Elliot Smith, and yeah, I, I fucked with two-door cinema clubs super hard when I was a freshman in high school. That was that was my shit. Did 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 you and Ben get also, into that together, or was that just a that was a bit bit thing, kind of. Um, but we both, I don't know if he showed them to me or if I showed them to him. I can't remember, but yeah, just bullshit, like passion pit and things of that sort. Do you, do you feel any sort of nostalgia for that now or uh, no, you're just pretty over it. I'm pretty over it. I... I couldn't really. I mean, some of that shit I could go back and listen to, like seminally, but I, you know, <laughs> it doesn't do it. For it you doesn't right now. really do it for me anymore. <laughs> That's all right. It did for a while, but mm. then you know, you you grow up and you you branch out. Mm. And yeah, and I guess part of that first uh, branching out was when we were. Going to some gigs together. Yes, you know, I remember getting school. hit in the head at Gag, super hard at Bad House. At Bad House. Bad House. That was one of the first shows 
that I remember going to. One of the uh, storied punk houses of the early 2010s. Bad House had a different energy about it, for real. Compared to punk now, it was just like encapsulating, but also very intimidating. Like, it, it like really drew you in, but it also kind of stamped you out at the same time. Do you think that's a positive thing or a negative thing? I think there's positives to the camaraderie around listening to as much obscure punk music as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. But I think there's negatives to beating people out of shows just because they haven't been around very long. I don't. I don't really get down with that. Mm. I mean, I think you got to have kind of a legit reason to like beat somebody out of a show. You know, so you think it kind of ended up being a little insular of a, an environment? A little bit. It mm. definitely, definitely insular. And but I think there's still value to getting that into punk. You know, like yep. I. I think I. I I don't see that as much from people our age, like that, like energy devoted towards really caring about punk. You know, more you think like things are being treated a bit more as like a social scene rather than like yeah, absolutely. Focus on music. I I just. I think people should definitely just really first and foremost listen to punk. If you care about punk, listen to punk. It's worth it. I'm telling you. (laughs) There's so much of it, and it's so cool. Yeah, so that's, um, you know, some of, like, one of the more, like, the earlier experiences you had. And that that was a pretty legendary show in general, too, because the Nodes played that also. Mm -hmm. There was that British band Stab and Sudafeds. That was, uh, did Sudafeds play that? I think so. Wow. And then Wretched Race, which was, like, a very short-lived Kansas City band. And it was one of the earlier New Cult shows also. It was also a very early New Cult show, I remember. It was, that was cool. And, yeah, so what, like, you you did have, like, a little prior knowledge of punk within, like, the records your dad showed you and maybe some of what you found on the internet. Watching American Hardcore on IFC at 7 in the morning before I went to school. Mm. Yeah, but what what do you think finally, like, kind of made it click that this was, like, a community that you wanted to be a part of? Um, I just fucking actually sat down and listened to some shit, Mm. and it blew my mind. And then I went to a couple shows that totally blew my mind. As I was... 17, and that's when it's really supposed to blow your mind. Like yep. when you're 16, 17, young, getting into it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's what it does to you. I mean, I'm sure like little Rocky is feeling a lot of that yep. right now. But shout out Rocky. Shout out to Rocky, which is cool because I like seeing that like 
I like seeing kids get into funk like super hard. It's it reminds me of when I was a kid getting into punk. Yeah, it's always a nice little refresher to see that it still connects with some people, I think. Definitely. It's really cool seeing people like come out as much as they do now, but I think people are very focused on maintaining the social order of punk, but don't really care about the work that goes into it. Mm. And I I think there's a lot that you have to put in. If you put you get out what you put in yeah. this shit. And I've put in some, I'd like to put in more. Mm. Other people have put in more than me. I respect that. Mm. And that's just how it works with shit like this. Like, it's a completely... And if you want to argue that that's, like, an elitist notion, like... I don't think that's very elitist at all. Like, I think it's yeah. one of the few um, kind of communities or, like, parts of American society where you get out exactly what you put in most of the time, mm-hmm. like... With you know, when you go to your job, like working at a restaurant or something, you know, your boss reaches in and pulls out some of the excess for profit. But yep. when you're playing in a DIY band, there's no one to do that to you. So mm-hmm. I think it is very much like monetarily and you know, kind of f- fulfillingly the the same thing like that. Yeah, for sure. That's the bottom line i mean hmm. just of everything that i do and that everybody i know who does this shit does is you just get out what you put in hmm. and it's some people put in nothing and expect everything hmm. and that just doesn't you know it's not how it works yep. Are, are there any more of those like kind of earlier shows that you remember like just getting very excited about? Oh, Lumpy and the Dumpers with Fault Finder. I remember Fault Finder. Would that have been at Focal? That was at Focal, and mm-hmm. Lumpy and the Dumpers played last, and just seeing everybody slam blew my mind, mm-hmm. and seeing. It's like the moment that like like Lumpy was playing face the meat and he goes, One, two, fuck you and it just everybody just went off so hard, harder than they do now and it was just amazing. It was just so like amazing to see. It's just like completely like took my breath away and made me want to slam, you know? And that hasn't really changed since then. That's really kind of the moment where I was like, whoa, like, okay, this is something that I could probably fit in doing. Mm. And I, not only that, I really enjoy it. I really fuck with it. It's my type of art, mm. you know? 
And you're talking about like maybe three or four years ago, and that's just like peak Midwest like slime punk. Yeah, BS. Um, mm-hmm. That shit was the shit. It was like so. I miss it a lot. I wish that it didn't go the way it did. In yeah, a lot I of think ways. I think Midwest punk has kind of gone in like a few different directions since it then. Has. It kind of just like branched out and isn't like one central sound as much anymore no and i think there's positive sides to that and also uh negative sides but yeah how, how do you sure. is there anything you specifically feel about that happening i feel like it's certainly less unified than it used to be mm-hmm. certainly less bands coming in from out of town just to hop on shows like they did back in the day because honestly, like people are too concerned with not wanting to come off as elitist or holier than thou by how much they put in their music. Mm. And there's positives and negatives to that. So you think there are, are more people are like, like being more apathetic about their music? People are being more apathetic about their music yep. for sure. People aren't thinking about what they're putting into their bands as much as they did. Hmm. Is this something that like in in like Nightcrawlers or Kill Cat? Is that something that like you have discussed with? Like your bandmates or something you've actively like put into your writing? I've tried to express that to people that I do music with and it's, I don't know, it's hard to get people on board with the notion that all you have to do to make a good punk band is listen to cool obscure punk and actually like get into it and care Mm. and care about the practices of it and the like just care about buying zines and buying shit off of distros and supporting people who are making and doing within this culture Mm. more than just a place to hang out you know Mm. and I think the expression is just getting when you don't have the input of people doing it all around you and you don't have the really even like you don't even seek the any inspiration and like past aesthetics mm. of punk or anything like that you don't that doesn't like spark your interest at all like why are you trying to be in a punk band like why you know mm. I don't know I have a lot of thoughts about this and I wish that it was easier to express to people mm. because punk could be very sick but 
it's just nobody's unified around punk like they were mm. when I started getting into it. And do you think that has anything? Everybody's unified around some kind of vague notion mm. of general unity. Then mm. I don't know. Do, do you think that has anything to do with like just kind of growing a little older and having a wider perspective? I think a little bit, yeah. I, but also, I've just seen how it's changed. Yep. And have that perspective, mm-hmm. and I—I I don't know. It has, you know, like if you're gonna if you're gonna talk shit on punk, like do something within what we do. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna have any room to criticize. You should be making mm. in order to for that criticism to have any weight. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I think one of the kind of classic struggles among like punk scenes and stuff is like the um like just apathy in general is because you know punk is often about being apathetic to some things Mm -hmm. while fighting apathy in other terms like kind of fighting political apathy but while being like kind of personally apathetic about like feelings and jobs and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so it is kind of a an inner struggle that i think has always been there but i don't know maybe just kansas city is losing that struggle more than it's winning it right now yeah in some people's opinions i don't know i think it's just with how many people moved away and stuff it's really hard to get everybody back to that Mm. you know because there isn't that input from the people who were doing it before and for the people who have been doing it and that's just you know, it sucks, but you got to do what you can. I mean, I'm going to be living in St. Louis in a couple months, but I'm going to be back here, like, recording and starting new projects and still doing what I do, in, mm. in a sense, like, here. Yeah, so you you want to stay pretty connected, even though you uh-huh. want to be. what what makes you want to like what what do you what's drawing you to St. Louis right now? I just fucking love it out there. I love all my friends out there, and just the architecture and all the decay everywhere, and it's the place where you can be a scumbag like Kansas City, except it's got like a different feel to it you know Hmm. and I just I love it I love all the food and the all the cool spots everywhere all the cool architecture and just everybody I know out there is also like 
working super hard and grinding and like has like jobs and side hustles and Mm. just are yeah and that's like something that i kind of want to do like any i don't know i just feel like there aren't as many opportunities to do that in kansas city like Mm. and it's funny i think i saw like someone made a status like the other day calling like Kansas City kind of dumpy or something like that. And you're like, that's why I'm I'm moving to somewhere even dumpier, St. Louis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that sounds pretty fun. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love I love living in dumpy cities. <laughs> Wait, hey, please please um use the next thirty seconds to advocate for why living in somewhere dumpy is cool. Okay, living in somewhere dumpy is cool because you can get drunk on somebody's porch, roll off the porch, and, like, be shirtless, and it's totally cool. And you can just (coughs) do a lot of cocaine, go to work the next day. You can just cheaply acquire anything that you want. You can walk down the street and go to fast stop or one stop or wherever the fuck whatever stop you want to go to and just it's all about get stops. drunk yeah. for really cheap and you can do whatever <laughs> to get back to the music stuff we got Jack's first punk band, my first punk band. Yeah. But you, you were kind of in the second lineup of it. We had Bad Mouth. Yeah. Uh, tell the people about Bad Mouth. Um, well, Bad Mouth was something. It was <laughs> when we were all 17... 16. I remember the first time I played with that band, I was 16, and I filled in for somebody. Yeah, Sasha. Sasha, yeah. Couldn't make it to a show. Uh huh. And. Or wait, it might have been Stephanie, because you were playing bass, right? I was playing the bass, so it must have been Stephanie. And I remember doing that, and then I remember maybe like six months later, you asked me if I wanted to play bass, and then Ben ended up drumming, and we did that, played. I think a couple shows, a few shows together, and then Bennett went to boarding school. Mm. And it, that was, and if anyone's interested in that story, because it's kind of a crazy story, you can go back and listen to Bennett Weaver's episode of the podcast and get all of the juicy boarding school stories. That was a a uh, a frightening time for us us friends of him. We were like, where did our friend go? We did not know. You were, you were kind of the first one to find out like what happened, but... Yeah. It's a strange time. And um, I think the next band you did after Bad Mouth was Junkie SS. You were playing bass in that band? Junkie SS. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Fronted by one and only Noah Hayes. Fucking, yeah. Yep. And Trey was in it, mm-hmm. and Steve... Yeah. And that was that was interesting. Yeah, what was your time in that band like? It was you know, they're playing Boston hardcore worship sound and stuff. Mm. Kind of city youth, sorta. Mm. And it was uh, 
it, it only lasted yeah. for a few months, but it was pretty fun. Hmm. We played with glue, which was cool. I remember. Yeah, it was the art closet show, right? Yeah, and then we played several other shows, and that was that. And uh, and I think that counts as like I like to look at it like when you when you're fronting bands like kind of like third times a charm, and uh, that was Noah's second band, and then his third was the Drippies. So I think. Maybe that was a, a necessary step into fronting a very awesome band in the Drippies. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Definitely. I think Noah fronting his early Noah bands was a big step into him. It, it contributed a lot to his presence in the Drippies, for sure. Mm. But he... Noah... I love Noah Hayes. No, we love Noah. Noah's great. Noah is Noah. The the Noah Hayes, Noah Boys. The Noah Boys. All about it. Uh, but yeah, um, I think and Killkey Cat kind of came next, f- quickly followed by uh, the Drippies. Killkey Cat, yeah, Killkey Cat was actually that started out. With Bennett. Yeah, that was Bennett's recording project. His, yeah, he was recording some stuff up at boarding school and used the moniker Killicky Cat, I guess. And then we got back here and we kind of turned Killicky Cat into something else and started playing shows, I think, like middle of 2015. Mm hmm late middle of 2015 and it's, it's kind of something i've or written. 2014 maybe 20 no it was 2015 it was, 15, yeah. it was 15 but it's something i've kind of written about in a couple of different like uh like photo gallery write-ups and uh like music reviews of like um just kind of ha- like koki hat is like kind of unlike a lot of kansas city punk bands to where like it's the sound has really kind of evolved over time and it's not like it's taken like a crazy left turn but it it kind of has just like grown into itself in a really like it's kind of matured a little bit but also got yeah. gotten more complex but still really angry and cool at the same time is that anything you have like input on i just think we're getting better at playing riffs i don't know like it's getting over the years we've gotten tighter i guess and it's i guess it shows i don't know mm. I'm not, I mean, I record it and then I listen to it. I listen to people listen to it, but I have to play it. And it's, I don't know. I've definitely like, I think it's just a product of getting better at the bass and getting better at guitar and drums Mm. out of all of us. Like, we've just gotten tighter and I guess with tour and things of that sort, we'll continue to get tighter, and that's cool. So, I like being in a tight band. So you see that band continuing on for some time, even though you won't be living here full-time? Um, Yeah, yeah, for sure. It'll be that we're going to record a 7-inch 
probably here probably sometime before the summer and it's about time like after after we were cheated out of the the drippies seven inch we'll yeah god be, be damn rewarded with i'm a, sorry a i apologize to everybody on the drippies behalf for our botched seven inch i'm sorry it never happened I think I wish it could have happened. And so, do you think you guys are going to go like neck chop or someone for the Koki? Like, if if they'll pick uh, that up, that's worth looking into. I would say. Hmm. I think we might go that route if they're interested. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they want to fucking put our music <laughs> out, but yeah, maybe even Lumpy would. Maybe yo, what's up, what's up, Martin? How you doing? Maybe, yeah, maybe who knows? Shout record. out to Marty. <laughs> Hi Marty. <laughs> but yeah, um and I want to man, I think you're the only member of this band that I've had on and but I want to quickly touch on Narc Parade, one of uh, a series of gone too soon Kansas City punk Narc bands. Parade. Tell tell me the story of Narc Parade. Narc Parade was a band with me and Jacob Martella and Bennett and somebody who shall not be named. Mm. Okay, yeah, Bennett was in that band too. I always forget. Bennett's in every band. I should just um, and it was pretty cool. I guess I, I like being in that band. We played a lot of real fast hardcore and that's what i like to play so i like being that man naturally some good hardcore some good hardcore 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 um okay what else we got here uh i've, I've also I've, I've talked to kayla about nightcrawlers before yep. that was that was a fun little podcast episode we had it was a good one and um yeah, we're, what's what's been up with uh, Nightcrawlers lately? Well, uh, Kayla's been real sick, so it's hard to get anything going, really. Yeah. And I wish we could, but it's, I don't know, like... But do you guys I wish have, we could put more into that band, mm-hmm. but it's... Do you guys have songs that, like, haven't, like, that aren't from the demo and we stuff? We have songs that we have written that are not finished mm. but i wish they were finished hopefully time will allow that to happen yeah we'll get some new some new tunes from the crawlers um, okay yeah and i don't know how like closely associated with obscenity plugs you are but i saw your name is like kind of on the band camp. yeah i worked on a little bit of that stuff with bennett i played the drums on a few tracks and i also like played some synths and kind of helped him out a little bit with the production what, what, what did you think when bennett first brought those songs to you i was really impressed i think bennett knows how to write a good sad record Mm. and he really put it together well and i kind of want to listen to that in the car on the way to work (laughs) and uh does that did that spark any ambition of yours to write kind of poppier or like not as angry music in the future like i would really like to be in an emo band yeah i would really like to do that I, i think it's 
I like I've always been a fan of that particular subset of music and mm. I I know Bennett's down to write some emo songs. I know he already has. Yeah, he tried they they kinda tried doing the Windows ninety five for a second. Yeah. That kinda petered was out. Kinda it was pretty cool. Yeah, what uh, what kind of what, what emo bands like really do it for you? Like what kind of era and everything? Oh well, you know, I really like like I'm, it's kind of a guilty pleasure, but I'm really into American football. Yeah, American football's tight. Yeah, you don't gotta be guilty about that. Yeah, word. Um, and cap and jazz and things of that nature, mm-hmm. and I really like. Newer shit like Elvis Presley, Alex G, car seat headrest, sort of stuff. Which Jack Jack is a fan of sad music of all times, all, sad all music eras, of all times, <laughs> and all eras. Oh. Frankie Cosmos is also pretty cool. Oh yeah, and mm. I like that stuff. Yeah, you can you can you can listen to punk and you can like whatever the fuck you want to like, book it. But just make sure you also listen to punk. Make sure you also listen to punk though. If you're doing punk stuff, listen to punk music. Goddamn right. And don't bullshit. Don't go around bullshitting and listening to at the drive-in and shit like that. Is there someone you want to call out right now that no. it, you caught listening to at the drive-in? No, not anybody in particular, but. Listen to punk. <laughs> don't don't beat around the bush. Uh, but yeah, is what is there anything else going on in Kansas City that you're real excited about right now? Just doesn't There's even have to be music. Pris, small man, drug charge, big banging bopper show coming up. That'll be tight. on. I can't remember what day. Um, and then we got. Nightcrawlers is playing with a uh, blank spell pretty soon mm. on March 7th in the Middle East. Yeah. And then I'll be at Everything Is Not Okay for like probably a day hanging out, get some Cajun King. Find, find Jack Marsh if you're in Oklahoma. Probably just see Ron Irv or something. Come see me. Yeah. <laughs> Come say what's up. Come get some food with me. Yes. Don't be a stranger. You have, you have any. Shout outs for Kansas City bands or other stuff people should check out. Any any cool restaurants you need to put people on to? Oh, what, do you, what, do you, what do you got to say, Jack Marsh? Yeah, Los Compas is dope. Dollar tacos every day. Go. <laughs> Where, where's that one at? Linwood and something. It's across the street from Taco Bell. Word. And like next to Linwood Superfoods. Or maybe China Feast. Mm. Either one. But it's dope. Check it out. Word. Um, uh, I think that'll about wrap it up. Um, people, oh, yeah, fist pound. Uh, people can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shuttlecock Mag. Uh, visit the web store on the shuttlecockmag.bigcartel.com for t shirts, buttons, and photo zines. Uh, we have another Shuttlecock house party coming up at the Come and Go house. With um, Samurai, Gun Band, and Rage Gang Beam Team. 
That's on March 17th. Go to our social media for details on that. That's going to be sick. And what else is happening? Uh, yeah. Stiff Love. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention yeah, Stiff Love. Stiff Love is, is yeah, coming. They're playing at the Come and Go. They're right? playing at the Come and Go on March 25th with Gorbza from Columbia. So come out to that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, where where can people find you and your bands on the internet, Jack? I am the 420 friendly man, and you can find me on Instagram at 420 friendly man. And Nightcrawlers and Koki Cat both have band camps that people can Google, I guess. Yeah, we got band camps. Nightcrawlers got a band camp, Koki Cat got a band camp. Just throw some cash, download those tunes. Check us out on Bandcamp. Awesome. Well, well, listen thanks. to our shit. Listen to their shit. You heard. Okay. Oh, yeah. Thanks for being on the show today, Jack. Thank you. No problem. I'm glad to be here. <laughs>